Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from. My name is Priscilla, a.k.a. Scylla. My name is Edward. And welcome to the Common Nomad Podcast. So today's episode, um, we have a guest. Um, and we know that you guys like it when we have guests on our platforms or our, um, on our episodes. So um, today I'm going to have Edward do the honors of who our guest is. Edward, take it away. No, I appreciate it. So I know the last couple episodes, we always talk about friendships, but my idea of this episode was the true definition of brotherhood. So who better to invite than my actual brother, George? How you doing, George Foltz? How you doing? What's going on, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Another great day. Another great day. It's actually snowing in D.C., ironically. So should be an interesting day, but I appreciate it. So uh, the idea of this episode was, you know, as friends, we always mention this term brotherhood, but what if your brother is your best friend and that dynamic of sibling rivalry, sibling connection, chemistry vibe versus an actual friend who's non-family related. And so that was my idea about this, about our relationship how we view things and so on. Priscilla, you want to take it away? <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah. So not that we always mention brotherhood, but also I think uh, Edward and I have been talking off air about um, what male friendships look like. And, you know, like you said, um, having a friendship with your brother is going to look slightly different from your friendships with your other male friends. So um but so just to let the audience know who's older and who's younger. So we can start with those small formalities. I am the older brother <laughs> by two years. And George is the younger brother by two years. <laughs> okay. I'm um, the better looking one though. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have that like if I was me. you, Edward. You look like me. We both look the same. We both are oh, yeah. attractive young males. Oh yeah, I forgot. My bad. There's a there's enough seat. There's enough room at the table. There's enough seats at the table, I promise. Of course, of course. But yes, I'm the oldest and he's the youngest. So how has that played a factor in you guys' um, relationship? Does it always feel like, I think this is probably more for George. Does it always feel like just because you're the older brother, I have to just assume that everything that you're telling me is something that's applicable to my life? So you're like, uh, maybe, maybe in a sense, uh, I guess, but we're, we're not like too much of like an age difference where it's like, you know, you know, when he was like 18, I was like eight years old. So we're like, you know, when I was in high school, he was in high school. So it wasn't like that big of a, you know, where, where we can kind of, I don't know how to kind of, how to kind of explain it, but it was just, you know, we kind of, we kind of grew up, you know, the same kind of having the same experiences, you know, growing up because it wasn't too big of a big of a age difference. No, I think it kind of changed when we got really older, you know, when we we're like, you know, adults where, you know, he was experienced more things, you know, then he can like give me advice and things like that. But, you know, that's kind of how, you know, when as growing up as kids, it wasn't really like that. But as we got adults, it kind of turned more into more into that. I guess from my perspective, 
definitely I think any older sibling can relate that there's always a protective feel in that nature. Um, no matter what he does, I have his back. Whether it's right or wrong, I have his back. You know, in public and in private. Now, of course, in private, we may have a conversation about how I feel like things could have gone differently or what I would have done. Or maybe just this thought process of why he reacted the way he did. But regardless, and we have countless examples, well, you know, I got into a situation and George was there. Like, I remember, you know, it, whether it's physical altercations, whether it was mental conversations, it's definitely a feeling where as the oldest, you have a sense of responsibility to make sure your younger siblings are taken care of and multiple, you know, um, emotional connection, physical connection, financial connection, spiritual connection, different ways to make sure they're good and to make sure they can go off to the world and be their own person and distract their own man. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I was asking because depending on your birth order, you might feel like I have more responsibility, even though we're siblings, I might have more responsibility to make sure that the things I experience, you learn from them or we talk about them or whatever the case may be. And then you guys were talking, well, George was talking about how, as you guys have gotten older, I guess conversations have changed. So now as you guys are getting older, maturing, living your own separate lives, how have you been able to resolve conflicts between you two? And what does that look like? When George mentioned about our conversations getting different, yeah, it's more about that adulthood conversation, you know, because I was out in the world first. He would ask me different questions about what the world was like in different, you know, avenues, taxes, maybe you had to approach people, network opportunities, reading and writing. And because I was the oldest, you know, I always wanted to be there for him in those ways. So with conflict, uh, I think we both, you know, whether it's a physical altercation or maybe a mental expression, one's thought, I'm definitely the more calm, cool, and collected one, I would say. George, what, what do you think? I will have to dis... No, just, no, and I'll agree with that, you know. I think, yeah, I guess younger, you know, younger me, I was kind of more, I guess, you know, when something happened, I would just, like, react on it, you know. Like a hothead. I mean, I get, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you could say that, but well, yeah. don't let me put words in your mouth. I don't. I'm not here to instigate. Yeah. I'm just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like when, yeah, when things would happen, I would just like kind of react. But you know, when as I gotten older, you know, I kind of just not react as much. And then nowadays, I don't, I don't think I react really. You know, kind of like yeah, Edward doesn't really react at all. Like with you know, with certain situations and things like that, where. You know, he mostly will think about it and then he may, you know, address it, you know, later instead of just, you know, when something happens, it just automatically just blow up, you know, in a sense, in a sense like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's I don't know that, that that's what I that's what I can say, say about that. Yeah. Um, In terms of personality differences, has that ever has there ever been a time where either one of you felt about the other person that I can't talk to y'all right now? Like I can't. So George, have you ever felt like, okay, because of how I am, I don't feel that I can come to Edward about a certain situation or Edward, have you felt like there was a point in your life where you felt I cannot talk to George about a certain situation because 
of the way that we approach things differently, right? So if George was saying that when he was younger, he felt like he was more reactive and then, you know, Edward, you're feeling like because you're a lot more calmer, how has that played a factor when it comes to just communication and um, finding comfort or support in the other person? I guess being the oldest, you never, well, I don't want to use the word never, never, but you try not to be vulnerable in front of your younger brother because you are that figure. I would say not role model, but just a model of example of what I think I should do. And I think with that, for me, it was always difficult to like let George know of, you know, when I didn't have it all together, you know, when I was, you know, going through it, whether it was studying, whether it was a breakup, whether it was, uh, financial troubles. I didn't want George to see any of that because I didn't want him to view me as less than X, Y, Z. And that was tough, you know, but of course we got over that and I, you know, broke down with him and we have had mo- multiple talks since then. But, you know, it's just, it's one of those things as an older brother, vulnerability, you don't want to see, you know, even as a man, you don't want to see others see you vulnerable, especially a younger brother who looks at you at a certain light. But that's my opinion. George, what do you think? Yeah, the thing with Edward sometimes is that he, he, like when you come to him about something, like, you know, he just wants to always like look for the solution, you know, just right away instead of, you know, maybe just listening, you know, and just, you know, processing it. He just wants to like, okay, well, oh, how can we fix this right away? When sometimes that's just not the, it depends on the situation, but sometimes that's just not always the the case. And he's just always just right there trying to say, what's the solution? How do we fix this? You know, let's get to it right away where, Sometimes not, that's not what everybody needs all the time, you know, when you, so I guess when I, sometimes when I feel like he's going to do that, you know, um, a certain situation, I won't go to him, you know, for that. Cause I know how the conversations, you know, going to be, going to be like, you know, cause we've had many conversations like that where it's just like, okay, that's not, that's not what I'm telling you for, you know, just, you know, I just want you to know something, you know, whatever the, whatever the issue could be, could be. Uh, and so, you know, when, when we come into st- stuff like that, that's when, you know, maybe I won't, I wouldn't go to him in, in certain situations like that, but yeah, that's, that's what, what, what my, how I look at it. <laughs> sounds familiar, doesn't it, Priscilla? It we sounds talk about this? very familiar. Um, cause I've said the exact same thing. So I am not related to you in any way, shape or form. But for whatever reason, George and I have come to the same conclusion. What do you know? Life is funny. Yeah, but you you didn't have to deal with that for over 20 years. My whole life. No, I haven't. Yeah. Just a very Okay, okay. Dang, this is this an episode or just a attack hey man, on Edward? Listen, just listen sometimes, man. Just listen. Just sit right. back and listen sometimes. But I will admit that I'm aware of that of myself. Like I told both of y'all, I'm not naturally inclined to just listen. It does take more energy to me just to listen than to actually enact a situation, I mean, a solution to a situation. But I'm self-aware of that. And hopefully over the last 28 years, I've gotten back. I said 28 because I'm 30. And, you know, he wasn't born yet when I was two. So oh, hopefully over the course of 28 years, I have gotten better even in the course of our friendship, Priscilla, hopefully I've gotten better, but I'm aware and I appreciate you guys calling out on me of my, one of my weaknesses and flaws. Continue Priscilla, please. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously going to flip the, the question to you, right? Because I think when we're talking about friendships in general, sometimes there's a certain 
character trait that your friend will have or whoever is close to you has that you feel that sometimes it gets in the way of your actual relationship with them right so and it doesn't make you the bad person though it feels like we're ganging up on you it's just that in in understanding the person that you're talking to you also need to understand how you can relate with them and that's a big like that's a big factor right so um if someone is not a good listener that will change the dynamic and how you talk to them and how you relate to them but i think you you guys being brothers um, I don't know if I should say normally because everyone's family dynamic is different, but there's a bond that you guys have that you won't necessarily quit on each other. And I think sometimes that's a big difference between brotherhood, sisterhood, sibling uh, connections, right? That are different from friends. I think friends, you would be more inclined to say, okay, I'll just cut this person off. But if that's your brother, that's your sister, I'm assuming or maybe I shouldn't assume, I would think that people are more inclined to fix those relationships because family tends to mean a lot, mean a lot more to people. Does that, does that make sense? No, I would agree. It definitely would take a lot. I mean, it does happen. We know sibling fallout is a thing, but it definitely it's a lot more than just one, two or three chances. Uh, definitely a lifestyle or a life consumed with these decisions that led sibling fallouts. Like, of course, me and George's relationship, it, was, it wasn't rocky. It was just we were trying to understand how they can communicate with each other as adults in multiple ways, whether it was a romantic relationship, whether it was for an employer, whether it was dealing with family trauma that we both have dealt with in different ways. You know, we both grew up in the same household, but we both have dealt with our family trauma in different ways. And as anybody, you know, trauma is a very personal, intimate experience that we all have gone through, even in the same household with someone staying 10 feet away from you in the room. And so I, I agree with that. So then Edward, to phrase that same question that I had asked, George earlier um what do you think what's a character trait or personality trait that George has that you have felt it's been difficult to come to him about or to communicate with him about well I've learned with George is you can't force things out of him you gotta let you know you gotta let the relationship take a time you gotta let the time take its course George will come to me with things when he's ready to talk about it. And I've learned throughout our years of brotherhood, friendship, that when I try to pry things out, he starts falling more back and back and back. And I realized, you know what? I got to let him come to me. I'm always here for him. Phone's always on. He, you know, as everybody knows, my certain friends and my brother have a certain ringtone. So I know when George is calling me. So that's why I pick up most of his phone calls compared to everybody else where it was just a regular phone call. I like, okay, that's no one important per se, or there's no one as a priority I need to do. When George calls me, unless I'm in a meeting or doing something, I will pick up the phone call regardless, just to make sure what do you, everything good, what do you need? And because of that, I've learned like to just take a step, you know, like George and you have mentioned, taking a step back and listening to him about what he's going through in his, in his experience. And though we may have gone through the same experience, he may have felt, saw, or internalized something different than I have and just don't always try to chime in on his thoughts, his ideas, his expression. But that took me time. That took me time. Because as y'all both said, I am 
a solution-oriented guy. I don't want George to go through any negative experiences or feel like that and hold that in within himself for long periods of time. I don't want that for him. And that's that protective nature. I want George to have the best peace of mind, joy in his heart, fulfillment, life they can ever have. But of course, that's ideally, in reality, we all go through our situations. And so I've learned just, you know, let him come to me. And he has, you know, over the last, you know, five, seven years, he has come to me with different experiences, different moments, different interaction to get my perspective. And either he takes it and enhances his situation or understands about that's my perspective, but he's still going to do his own thing. So those, those are my thoughts about it. So I think, I think what Edward sometimes like, sometimes he may always ha- thinks he always has the answer. And then when, you know, sometimes he always thinks that somebody's looking for, for that advice. And sometimes like, you know, maybe I'm just dealing with something and then I just don't want to speak to it to about anybody. And sometimes he struggles understanding like, you know, why can I just, you know, how can I help? What What's going on when, you know, maybe I could just be dealing with it and I just don't want to, you know, speak on that or maybe I don't need any advice. I'm just dealing with my own own way. I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes you can struggle, struggle with that because he's just, you know, he's just a solution. Got to find a solution in every in every situation where, you know, sometimes he, uh, since I guess, I, since I'm his brother, well, not I guess, but since I'm his brother, <laughs> you know, he just feels like he needs to be being in, I guess that goes, goes to him being the older brother where he always has to make sure that, that I'm, that I'm okay. And I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at him, you know, or anything like that. I don't feel any type of way. Cause I understand it because of our relationship and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, sometimes he, I guess he doesn't catch himself when he does, when he does that. He's like, maybe I could just, you know, and I think he's done that more in the, you know, in the last couple of years that he just kind of just backs up and then I'll call him and I was like, okay, you know, but before he would just be like, are you ready to talk about it? Are you ready to talk about it now? Or are we just sitting down eating? Are you ready to talk about it now? You know, I'm here. Let's talk about it. And mm-hmm. so it's like, uh, like, ah, oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> just I'll, 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 I'll bring it up to you when I'm, when I'm ready. Do you guys feel like um, it's easier to draw boundaries with each other or respect boundaries with each other than it is with your friends because you guys are brothers and because this is a a literal natural relationship that y'all have? Do you feel like it's easier to deal with each other's shortcomings, um, flaws, boundaries than it is with the friends that you choose to be in your life? Uh, yeah, but uh, because, you know, since we are brothers, it's not like, you know, I can just say like, ah, he's not my brother anymore. You know, you could, you could cut off your friends, but you can't cut off, you know, your brother, whatever he, if he makes you mad or whatever he's doing that annoys you. Cause I mean, we've had times where, you know, we, I know I've yelled at him on the phone and then like five minutes later, I call him like, yo, uh, you hungry? Let's, let's go get something to eat. You know, and it could be, we could just have like a big blow up and then just be right there, you know, talking to each other again, where maybe if you were just dealing with just, you know, some of your friends, you know, you don't always have to speak to them if you don't want to, or you you can easily, you know, cut them off if, if that's, you know, if that's what you need to do. But, you know, since we are brothers, we just don't, we, there's nothing that can make us not brothers, no matter if we're mad at each other or anything like that, or something happened, we're still going to have to be, you know, related to each other. So, you know, it doesn't really, I guess it's a different, different situations, you know, that, that could cause that. But, you know, I don't, 
it hasn't happened with, you know, with us, you know, and the craziest things that, you know, has happened in our, in our lives and stuff like that. Yeah, I would agree. I know boundaries, as we mentioned, Priscilla, are very important in all relationships, but it's, it's hard to set certain boundaries with family members. It's like your sibling. It's hard. Not saying they shouldn't be there, shouldn't be in place, but, you know, especially when it's two, two of us, I think with bigger families, Maybe it's easier. You have like four to five siblings. It's easier to do certain boundaries with other. But in the day, it's me and George, you know. And because of our situation, me and George hung out a lot the first eighteen years of our lives. That like we did everything together. You know, you see all the pictures. We're both in it. You know, whatever he did, I did. His game, my game. We were always there. And you know, it was one of those mentalities of me and him versus the world type of things. Even though we had a great support system. We had a mother who loved us. We had family. We had always people around us. But, you know, in the day, it was George and I doing our thing. And it was, it was tough. And so when we got into adulthood and still built with that, it's hard to have those boundaries. I don't know we actually have boundaries set in place in that regard because, I mean, in the day, when George calls me, I'm picking up. You know, no matter what I'm doing, like, oh, George called me. Hold on, y'all. Everybody knows that. Like, oh, it's George, y'all. Hold on, hold on. I, I even put George in my best man speech to my best friend. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, he's my best man, but, you know, uh, I love him, but he's not George. <laughs> I said that in the speech. <laughs> so that's the connection I have with the, with the kid, you know? Like, no matter what he does, no matter what's going on, when we get into it, when we yell, I will always pick up the phone. I will never, you know, not be there for him, even when he's wrong. I think that's the key part. Even when I know this guy's dead wrong, this guy does not know what's going on, what he's talking about, but it's his life to live. It's his life to enjoy and to not even enjoy. It's his job to encounter those experiences and decide for his own what's best for him. But I'm always there for him. I'm always like, hey, when we when I go to Atlanta, hey, that, you know, I want to make sure George just hang out, let's do our thing, whether we play a sport, Xbox, go eat, watch a movie. We always have that connection saying, I'm here. Even though I live in a different state, in a different city, I went to, you know, when I went to college, I moved to the dorm and all that. I'm always here. You know, beginning of the day, I got your back, kid. You know, I got your back. So hopefully answer your question. Yeah, I and I think um I think the boundaries are George will come to you when he's ready. So that means that you've learned to not pull or pry from him. And I guess for you, George, you've learned that you're talking to someone who wants to who's made it a point to listen to you, right? Like those are the boundaries, I guess, without actively having to enforce that, that that's what you guys are naturally doing for each other because you guys have the space to do that for each other. So I'm going to let my brother come to me and I'm also going to allow him to listen. And also um, I won't talk about something unless you can actively listen. Like those are boundaries that you guys have set in place. And I mean, in terms of you guys being two and just recognizing that you guys have each other where I come from a family of three children. So yeah, maybe that dynamic is going to look entirely different. Um, At the same time, I guess the reality is not everyone is able to recognize what brotherhood looks like for them. Should they actually physically have brothers or sisters and how to navigate that. And I know there's probably someone out there who unfortunately probably had to cut off their siblings, right? Like, thankfully that's not the case between you guys. And I'm thinking, I guess it makes me 
beg the question, how would, how would you define brotherhood? That's one question. And how do you, how do you translate brotherhood into friendship? Like what are the elements in you guys' relationship that you feel have been, you've been able to take and actively work on that in your friendships? I'll take the lead. The older brother, here we go. Do it, do it. Back at it again. I'm protective. I care um, about George. I care about him. I love the guy. I love him. Uh, brotherhood, friendship. It, it's, it's an intentional act to become friends with your siblings. I do take. Because at the end of the day, those people know you better than you probably know yourself. No, you look in the mirror, you're going to see your sibling. Because, like, I grew up with you. <laughs> I know the way you think. I know what ticks you off. I know what you like. I, I know your mindset. You know, even though I'm not you, I know you. And as we all know, that could be annoying or that could be, you know, a, a great buffer and support system because we all, no one's perfect. And who better to tell you how to fix yourself than the person who grew up with you for 28 years? And that's what George has done, you know, for me. Like, Edward, you know, the solution thing we just talked about. Or, oh, Edward, you... You know, don't think about it like that, you know, and don't, you shouldn't think about it like that. Think of it like this. You know, he's the best advice guy I go to. Um, Edward, why you lie about that? It made no sense. Like, I don't know. I just, I did it because I didn't care. It's like, well, you shouldn't lie about that situation. I'm like, oh, you're right. You know what? I did, I did too much. You're right. You're right. But it's, it's intentional. I mean, you have to, I mean, there is a natural inclination because of, of the proximity between both of you, especially in, in siblings and growing up with one another. But I think at a certain point, you choose whether that's going to be your best friend um, and bring them into your life in different regards. And one thing, that don't mean that at certain point, they won't be annoying. That don't mean they're going to say certain things that won't tick you off. But, you know, once again, they're probably saying that and it ticks you off because it's probably true. It's probably true. And maybe you don't want to hear it or maybe you don't see it for yourself. But like I said, we, our mirrors are our siblings. Cause like you, 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 when you're angry, that's what you do. No, I don't. I'm letting you know when you angry, you do this guy, see you do it. And maybe in the moment, you're not aware exactly of your consciousness, the way you're doing it. But I've seen you angry a hundred times, 99.2. You do this. I don't do that. Okay. You know what? Next time I'm just going to record it and show you and show. And then I'm like, Oh, I do do that. I, that you know what? You got it. I told you. But overall, it's intentional to have a brotherhood, especially if it's close to. I think when you get, like you mentioned, I think when you get more than two, four, five, six, seven, and you have siblings, it's even more intentional. Because you might not be as close to every sibling, depending on your proximity of age and grew up with. If there's years apart between siblings, you might not be close to everyone. But for smaller families in that regard, I think you have to like, yes, this is my guy. No matter what, a guy's back. Even when, you know, we're going through it, a guy's back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, the true definition of brotherhood. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to, like, I don't think there's, like, just a direct, you know, super definition of what brotherhood is. It's, it's, you can't really explain it into words, you know. It's just... You know, you just have to like actually have a brother who is your best friend to really understand that. But I mean, yeah. So, I mean, what, what is, what does brotherhood mean to you? I mean, yeah. I mean, cause I mean, me, me, my brother, I mean, we, we, 
And I don't want to get too, you know, too personal and stuff like but that. But I mean, we we lost our father at a very young age. So I think that just kind of made us, you know, closer because it was just me, him and my mom. And we were just us, us three. But my mom did. My mom did work a lot, uh, you know, for for us. So it was just me and my brother. So, you know, we had to grow up, you know, really, really quick. But we had to grow up, you know, together. So whatever. You know, everything that he went through, you know, growing up, I had to go through too. whatever I went through. He had to go through, too. So uh, in a sense like that, uh, you know, we had we just had to go everything, you know, to with every all of our problems. We had to go through it together. And, you know, growing up, it just, you know, even if we when he went off to college and, you know, wasn't when went off to Morehouse and all and all that, you know, we were still, you know, we still would, you know, talk every day. I think we text you know, every day or if not a phone call, you know, almost every day. So, uh, so when he, when I, when I, when I think of brotherhood, I, you know, I just think that it's just, it's just a, you know, unbreakable bond that, you know, that we have, that we have with each other that, you know, that made us into, you know, best friends, you know, that we can just talk about each other, uh, any way we can, you know, be harsh with each other, you know, we can play about, you know, anything like nothing, nothing's off, you know, b boundaries or whatever, we, whatever we, you know, talk about, you know, but yeah, that, you know, that's how, that's how I look at it, you know, that we just go, we just go through everything uh, with, with, with each other, you know, you know, no matter what, no matter what can happen, you know, uh, you know, nothing will be able to like break what, what, we, what we got, you know, what we build over, you know, our, our whole entire lives. You know, unfortunately, I've known this guy my whole entire life. <laughs> no pressure. But just to add on to that, yeah, because we were forced to grow up so quick. Like, it, it was just like, it happened, okay, grow up. So we have to deal with things that, you know, are not, not I want to use the typical language of our childhood, uh, you know, because we still had a childhood to some degree. But that sense of accountability significantly increased. And maybe that's why, you know, George and I are kind of, we don't really ask permission to do things now. We, you know, even in my adulthood, I noticed that like I just do it, and when I have a situation or problem, I handle it. Like I don't look like for parental guidance in that way. And once again, not saying that my mother wasn't there; she was. But as a, a growing boy to a man, I just felt like yeah, I need to take care of this. Okay, taxes, how to do this? Car, how to do this? Errands, how to do this? There's an emergency, how to do this? Always that feeling of. I'm going to handle this. And there were, my mom, she wasn't really a hands-on parent. You know, she's very like, it, this is, figure it out. And I'm there for you when you make the mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. But I don't want to, you know, be hands-on in every moment of your life, whether that was education, romantic relationships, uh, decisions we made socially or whatever. This is your life. I'm here to guide you and advise you. But in the day, you will live and make the decisions you make. And that's the part of growing up. And it, I think definitely gives you a sense of, I think George and I both have great accountability because if we didn't get done, it was us. We couldn't blame nobody. You couldn't blame my mom. You couldn't blame a cousin. It's like, George didn't do the dishes. George, you didn't do the dishes. Edward, you didn't take out the trash. Edward, you didn't take out the trash. So it gives you also a sense of responsibility. Because like I said, I think George and I are very responsible young men. But we have to learn that. And that's why we're, you know, for I would say have strong discipline. Like when George wants to do something, he gets it done. 
no excuses. You know, whether it's a company, whether it's a grade, whether it's a task or whatever it may be, George has strong discipline in that regard. He will get it done. When his mind's set on something, I'm like, I see it. Like, yeah, this, this guy's got it. I don't got to say nothing. He got it. And it, it just, it helps you become a, a, a better, when you go through those experiences, like George says, unbreakable bond between two people Keyword unbreakable, other keyword bond <laughs> that just stays connected in cohesiveness. And yeah, that's all I would say. And I guess though we're talking about literal brotherhood, it's not to say that brotherhood is anything outside of that brotherhood can't be existing in actual friendships, right? Like I'm sure you guys both have friends that you would also refer to as your brother as well. So like for our listeners, we're not being like brotherhood only means when you guys are actual brothers, but it's the whole point of, I think, choosing to still be in each other's lives, right? Because though you're family, that may not be the case for other people, but you guys are obviously making a vow to each other that we're always going to be there for each other. Um, The accountability part, which is actually something I was going to ask, I was going to say, then it feels like when it feels like for you guys' relationship, the accountability comes easier because of the element of respect, the element of learning about one another and the element of as you're growing older, you will have to make mistakes and there will be a time where I correct you and there will be a time where I'll sit back and watch, right? Because I think when you translate that into friendships, I don't think accountability is something that a lot of friendships do, but for whatever reason, if you stop looking at friends as just friends and you find that you have relationships that are more like family to you, you might be more willing to have someone correct you and you would be, you would be willing to even hear what they have to say. Does that make sense? No, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, it definitely translates into how you treat your friends outside of family bonds, um, you know, respect, accountability, and that discipline aspect. Yeah, yeah, I would, uh, I would agree, you know, with that. You know, uh, I know for Edward, he has like a lot way more friends than, than I do. Edward has more friends than you and I combined. <laughs> you and I combined. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Dang, I thought we friendly, got past this. Go ahead, go real ahead. friendly guy, real friendly guy, that guy. But yeah, I mean, so, you know, with my, my you know, close close circle of friends, I think that I, I look at them as my brothers too because I hold them, uh, you know, accountable and they hold me accountable, you know. So... So I think I translate what me and him have to my cl- my closest friends. I don't do that with, you know, just people I just consider, you know, friends or acquaintances and things like that. But but the people that that are really close to me that I grew up with as well with my with my brother, I think we we treat them the 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 same way. And but I I, I can't speak for all of Edward's, you know, hundred hundred thousand friends that he has. I don't know if he does the same thing. My brother, George, and other my other five to six close friends have a different ringtone. Everybody else does not. All right. They have the same ringtone. So yes, when certain people call me, those five or six people I know, and then other people, you know, don't worry about it. Well, then I guess, um, well, if you claim it's five or six, that's one thing. But um, anyways, clearly George is an introvert between the two of you because Edward, you'll you'll talk a whole town off. Like you will go into any any place that you go into, you are leaving that that area with a friend. Which I mean, more power to you, because 
Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know about I don't know, leaving the area with a friend, but definitely a connection to build my network and brand. I'm gonna leave it as that. You say potato, I say potato. It's cool, but um. Tomato, tomato. Tobacco, Tabasco. That's what you used to say. Tobacco, Tabasco. I mean, that that is a thing. That is a thing. If you like it, I love it. I think um, as we're wrapping up, is there anything else that you feel like this conversation? is missing or no i think we talked about all the elements here and i love you bro i pre- i appreciate you're my best friend and let's continue doing this thing as brother oh, we, we, don't, we don't say that man i love I that know. for you guys get it get it this episode this episode is the most we don't say that in public <laughs> I mean, the people need to know. The people need to know. I love you, man. All right, this is a, this was an emotional the episode. People need to all right? hear it. They do. You do need to hear it. All right. Uh, you can say it back. It's okay. No, George, you're, you're you're definitely saying it back. You're not too cool to say it back. Hey, man, hold on, hold on. Right. We don't want to. We don't want to push him to do something he doesn't really want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. I love you too. There we go, man. It's so beautiful. Out here, I man. love this for you guys. End the show. End the show already. End the show. Cut that out. Editor, can you please take this part of the podcast? <laughs>